Welcome to the family with Hackmaster Ralph W. Basham, MD. And Andy Brown Bernard. Kristen Burt will join us right after this with the family. Tommy, I never believed it until now, but apparently you're a pretty big deal. Was there ever a question in your mind? Well, you might say I was a doubting Thomas. See what I did there? Yes, how incredibly clever. Anyway, what's your point? Well, last month I was trying to find you a car to replace the Mafia Mobile and suggested leasing a Nissan Altima as it was impossible to find your first choice. I love that Altima, and I'm actually looking forward to checking out the all-wheel drive as soon as it's known. Well, apparently someone at Nissan was listening to us, and at this month, at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan, we can offer short-term 18-month leases. That's actually pretty smart. By then, the chip shortage will be over, right? Man, I hope so. The only chip shortage I want to hear about is Bilski dumping one into the bunker. By the way, for the first time ever, Coon Rapids Nissan was number one in the state, and Burnsville was number two. Your Altima was actually one of the cars that put J-Lo on top. To learn more about short-term leasing, stop into Burnsville Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. The Kristen tree. Rocking around the Kristen tree. What do you think? I just went and checked my calendar to make sure I was in February. No, no, it's the Kristen tree. It's not the Christmas tree. It's still cold enough to be Christmas, so. True. Uh, not it's 80 degrees today in Los Angeles. Mm. Well, actually, for us, it's 25, which actually is quite nice. It's going to be 41. 41 today. tomorrow. Oh, that's nice. Today. Is the sun out to you? Because yeah. that makes a huge difference. Yeah, we actually uh, turned off the heat in our car and rolled down the windows because we were getting warm. Are you kidding? I turn the heat on in my cars at 65. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little different when it's been <laughs> minus 10 for a while. It's... Like your body adapts, starts burning the calories. Absolutely does. Because I remember when I lived in Minnesota and it would be 60, I'm out there with a the tank top and shorts. Absolutely. California, I'm in a scarf and a puffy jacket. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you're getting a heat wave this week. Heat wave. We have a heat advisory today. I popped up advisory? on my weather app. Heat advisory. What's the temperature? 80? Ooh. It says, yeah, it says excessive heat watch. I think it's just because... 80 at this time of year is unusual, and everything is pretty dry, so they're going to probably... We've had winds, so I know that they're going to say, we're on fire watch. 
Oh, it's always dry there. Yeah, it's, it's always, always fire always watch. Dry. When is it not fire <laughs> yeah, watch season it, in California? Yeah, yeah, when it's mudslides. I know. It's funny. Oh, when, I, yeah. when I first moved to California, fire season was really kind of like late July to early October, and now it's six months out of the year. It's crazy. Really? Mm-hmm. See, I did hear that that, that uh, warning was issued because Kristen Bird is so hot. Is that it? <laughs> yep. Smoking hot. Can't it handle it, people. Smoking <laughs> hot, baby. Smoking hot. That's all you need to know. <laughs> so much sizzle. So much heat coming through. <laughs> no doubt about it. There's no question about it. So what's the latest with you? Says, are you, are you to take a gander at the Oscar uh, nominations? I did, and... Uh, you know, nothing too surprising, I think. Um, I no, think there are a lot of movies that, that everyone pretty much expected. But I also look at the list and I think, I wonder how many of these movies people have actually seen. There's not a big hit out there. Maybe West Side Story would probably be the most recognizable name to everyone. But otherwise, I'm sitting there thinking this is going to be a very low-rated Oscars, even compared to last year, I have a feeling. Yeah, well, not, isn't they haven't seen, they haven't heard of. Yeah, it's, you know, even though a lot of the films have big name stars and maybe being the Ricardos would also be on people's um, radar just because they're familiar with Lucy and Desi. But I do feel like a lot of these movies are just too indie. They didn't have a big theatrical run. It's not of interest. It's not a Marvel movie to people. So they're not going to run out to the box office and go and see the film. So I just I think that the Academy has a huge struggle ahead. So, Kristen, Andy was bringing something up. The top-rated talk show at night has a .5 share? Mm-hmm. Jesus. That's well, terrible. It is. it is. And, you know, I just was reading an article before I popped on with you guys. This is going to be the lowest-rated Olympics as well. Yep. People aren't watching broadcast television, whether it's an award show, whether it is the Olympics, <clears throat> whether it's late-night TV shows, I don't know what the networks are going to do. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, honest God, you look at this stuff, the talk shows, they do a, a point five. Uh, Fallon has a point one. did you say, Andy? Yeah, I think uh, I think it was Fallon. Point one. That's, point one. that's yeah. horrible. That's a tonight show. Johnny Carson is probably rolling in his grave looking at those numbers. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the shows are terrible. All Colbert ever talks about is politics, and the other ones are silly. You know, I, I never I, watch late-night shows anymore, and I will no, tell you, in my college experience, like, David Letterman was a destination for me. I mean, every single night I made sure that I watched David Letterman. He was, like, my guy. And I think what's so interesting is that the only time I see anything from the late-night shows now is if there's some funny viral moment, and I'll catch it on YouTube the next day just to see what everyone's oh, talking yeah. about. That's well, it. I mean, so what could you even name if I were to say like what is this year's friends or Frasier? Like what is it? Could you even name a show? I don't think there is one. Comedy? I like really don't. A show that literally everyone is watching because it's just that popular. Does that exist anymore? The only thing I, that everyone I knew was watching but they were hate watching was the Sex and the City reboot. Right, which is a little different. And that's not even, you have to have HBO to watch it. So that's not even a good representation of what's happening on the broadcast networks. Uh, The most recent one I can think of is probably Big Bang Theory. I didn't watch that at all. 
So that was a good show. everyone, a lot of people. I mean, it was the did. biggest show of quite a while. And let's see. I wonder what the uh, rating what? for Big Bang Theory was. And when did it end? Apparently, it ended 2019. That does not sound right. Mm, did it really? Big Bang Theory? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it ended a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It lasted it 12 the years. It ended. I know that. Wow. That's pretty. Pretty good. impressive. Yeah, you're right. Let's see. No, you're absolutely right. It's going to take a second. So, so, so it, it. I don't feel like it was a water cooler show the way Friends was or The Office right. was, with people continually repeat quotes and lines. That's and true. Moments. I mean, everyone has heard of it and everyone saw it, but they didn't really talk about it. It's like Game of Thrones. Everyone was talking about constantly. Everyone right. was saying, you know, you know nothing, Jon Snow or Hodor or whatever the hell. But with yeah, Big Bang Theory, Twitter, which is everyone knew what all, all anyone knew from Big Bang Theory was Bazinga, and they knew it because they hated it. Yeah. I hated that. I, so, you're right, I did hate that. Yeah, you are right about that. So, I don't know, broadcast TV, the last time a show really, like, shaped the culture of the country, I don't even... No, the last friends. Time. Yeah, it honestly, <laughs> probably was friends, which is yeah, sad. Yeah. Probably was. Or Seinfeld. And even the Office Seinfeld. really well, didn't find its audience until it wound up on streaming. Like it, it did very well on NBC. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying. Yeah, like, the Office kinda, probably qualifies, honestly. Yeah, and then, but a second generation definitely discovered it on streaming, and I think that's why it still continues to be a talking point. Right. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's any other show off the top of my head. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. It's broadcast TV just doesn't, yeah, doesn't work the same way anymore. Yeah, well, it's, it, it was coincidental with the uh, pandemic uh, in 2019, 2020, but it was the other. It had other, happened long but, before but that. It, but it was also at a time when people were starting to cut the cable yep. and say, I'm not going to do this cable TV stuff. You know, there were some other things that were going on, and the broadcast TV just sort of mm-hmm. went out the door with that because it wasn't on your standard, so you you watched other things. Well, I think it's kind of like asking when the la- what was the last great American novel. It would pr- most people would probably say something written decades ago mm-hmm. because that's just the way things moved. It's I don't know. People aren't... Uh, reading novels as their primary source of entertainment anymore. No, they're not. And they're not watching TV as their primary source of entertainment anymore. I've watched TV, but I want to binge watch a show. I want to watch it from start to finish in a weekend. That's my preference. I don't like to wait week to week to week. I find that irritating. And it's just one of those situations that I I don't think I'm the only person that that enjoys binge watching. So, No, no, everyone does. But the problem is, the problem that the networks have when... They do release things like that all at once. Is that the reason that things like Friends or Seinfeld or whatever became so ingrained in our culture was because every week everyone would watch it and then they'd talk about it for a week and then they'd watch it and then they'd talk about it for a week. Whereas now you watch it all, you talk about it for a week, and that's it. It's out of your consciousness. And right. you're not in the office to talk about it. That too. You are not by the copier. You're not by the water cooler. You're not by the co- the coffee machine to talk about it because of the pandemic. Oh, but even on the internet, it's like you go on the internet, you talk about the Jack Ryan, Jack Reacher, whatever the hell series they were just talking about mm-hmm. in the first hour. Um, they released all the episodes up front, so everyone's going to watch them all. They're they're going to go online and they're going to say, "Wow, I love that series so much." But then, are they going to be talking about it in a month, in two months? Probably not. 
No, and, and you know, the pandemic slowed down production too. And I'm really looking forward to <laughs> Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It's coming back on Amazon on Prime. It's been two years since we've seen it. And I'm sitting there thinking, and I loved season three. It was amazing. But I have to go back and watch the season three finale to make sure that I'm secure with the storyline mm-hmm. when I dive into season four in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, binge watching is the thing that people do, but I think it's just not a good way to get your work to be seen as like a lasting thing. Right. And when Stranger Things comes, because it's not coming until this summer, I, I sit there and think, I don't remember anything that happened in the last season. No, I remember nothing about what I watched of Stranger Things. Yeah. But that's but the problem. You watch great. it all at once and it's like, I don't know. You can't really digest the amount of stuff that happened in if you watch it all in three days. Right, because you're just watching it one after the other after the other. Yeah, it becomes a routine rather than something that you're like, I need to sit down and pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. Tom, do you True. binge watch? Mm, I don't really binge. I can do two, maybe if it's a half an hour show, three. That's nah. Actually, two is about my limit. It took you probably a good two, three months to watch The Queen's Gambit. I yeah, it did. Yeah, and I loved that. I thought it was terrific. Mm-hmm. But it does take me. I no, I I can't. You know me how I am, and Kristen, we've never met in person, but I, you know. I get a little jittery. I got to move around a little. <laughs> you get a little edgy. <laughs> I get a little edgy. I don't know what the hell it is, but yeah. Yeah, we don't uh, want to recommend three-hour movies to you, right? <laughs> oh God, no! I can't stand three-hour movies. It's just they're way too long for me. Way, way, way. Well, The Godfather was the, the one difference. I thought that was terrific, but then Godfather well, three came along. Have some intermission. Really... I could handle that. Yeah, we talked about that in the first hour. We were just hour, talking about that, yeah. Maybe intermissions are the, are the way to go. They for, might be the way to go. For three-hour movies, I think they absolutely. I would love it. Yeah. And I would buy a snack at the, at, and get some popcorn. Yeah, exactly. That that's why I'm saying that's what movie theaters should do, is they should just have a couple screens that show epic-length movies with intermissions, and people make a day out of it. They go to the theater, and they're like, okay, I'm going to be there for probably four hours, but that's going to be my thing for this month. It's going to be like a big deal. Whereas, I don't know, they're still trying to court that, like, teenagers hanging out in the mall demographic, but that doesn't really exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so, so they can move the trailers into that intermission. I don't know. Well, well, well I was yeah. actually thinking about that in the first hour, but then I thought it's like, would a movie director really want that to break up the narrative? Probably not. They'd probably fight against that. Because it's oh, like yeah. the intermission is there not only as a break, but also to kind of digest what happened and anticipate what's about to happen. Hmm. But if you're watching a bunch of trailers, you're neither digesting nor anticipating. You're just watching trailers. Yeah. Hmm. So, Kristen, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the news media now, a lot of the online news services are, are railing on the fact that, that uh, Hollywood snubbed Lady Gaga. So what, what was she in? House of Gucci. Oh, she's in the House of Gucci. Okay, I heard that's good. Is it good? It's good. It's long. And Uh, some people love it. Some people don't. I love a good sort of fashion um, house type of biopic. But, you know, it's just one of those situations where it got mixed reviews. Um, A lot of people found it was it's long. So that's another one. 238. Yeah. You're going to definitely have to sort of break up the the viewing experience of it. And... um, 
a lot of people loved her performance, but I just think that the movie didn't grab hold of the Academy voters, and that's why she was snubbed. Okay, well, yeah, so, I, I mean, is it worth watching? I think you'll find it long, so if you can maybe break it up into yeah. two viewing sections, you'll be okay. Well, it had Adam Driver, Jared Leto, Leto, whatever, Jeremy Irons, Jared Leto, yeah. Al Pacino. I mean, there's, it there's had some a, good performances yeah. in here, but... It, you know, it's it's one of those things you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. I don't think people were in between like, yeah, that was okay. Yeah. No, I understand that completely. So, yeah, they're saying she was the biggest snub uh, by the Oscars, that that Lady Gaga was snubbed and it was terrible and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but she should have saying, uh, handed over some more bags with dollar signs on them. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's always um, – there's always a snub. There's always going to be one or two because not everyone can make the list. They keep it at a strict, you know, five per nomination in each category. Um, I think a lot of people thought that, you know, Bradley Cooper might have snuck in there for uh, Licorice Pizza, which is a really good film. Um, independent film, so it's kind of hard to find out in theaters, but it, I'm sure it'll wind up on streaming within a matter of weeks now. But, um, you know, that it happens. This is, it's one of those things, and, you know, the Oscars – it's it's political and it's who you know they want to vote for and whom they think deserves it and it's just like your high school like class president vote. <laughs> oh God, they haven't grown up yet. Exactly. Huh? No, nobody's grown up. And, and when yeah, they, they haven't. The true. And when are they going to get rid of all that the sexism? You know, an actor's an actor. We don't have actresses anymore. Why don't they all bundle them up? Well, there's a lot of discussion about that because yeah. also when you're talking about people who are non-binary, what category do they then fit into? Um, and if you decide to just have a category of just saying, making actor a just a general term, um, do you then expand the category to 10 people and then only one person wins? Do you do five? For right now, they're holding on with just the, the two categories. But I think as we move forward, it's going to be a bigger discussion. Yep. And it should be. It should be. And it would shorten the show. It would just it'd make it more of a maybe an easier sound bite. So how much or entertainment bite? How much how long is are the Oscars? It's hour, two hours, two and a half hours. They're, they're three hours. They're eight to eleven. Um, and I guess for you guys it's what, seven to ten. But they oftentimes they go over, so it can they don't have to have a hard stop for local news that night. So I've been there and the show's been four fifteen or it's three and a half hours and it's, it can be very, very long for people on the East Coast. It's bleeding into the next day. I mean, for us on right. the, the West Coast, we're, you know, oh, it's 8.30. It's no big deal. You go off to parties. But <laughs> I remember watching it on the East Coast, and I'm like, it's 12.30. Let's wrap this up. Yeah, well, and there's your point. It's too long. It's too long. And there's just so many pieces to this that it's just too long. Hey, Tom's not going to watch that. I'm not going to watch that. My no. No, and, and some of the categories, like, of course, people in the industry care about a, a screenwriter winning or, you know, someone winning for sound design. But outside of the, the bubble of L.A., people don't care who wins for sound design. And they've asked at times, like, hey, can you cut it down from the 24 categories to something like leaner, you know, a nice tight show. But they don't want to do it because it starts to offend those branches of the Academy. And it just makes me think that maybe the major broadcast section is an hour you do the big categories you know you show the red carpet and then maybe the other categories go to a live stream on the internet 
still televised in some way, shape, or form because you can stream it on your Roku and put it on your TV, and then you go back to broadcast for that one big hour and then call it a day. <laughs> yeah, but that 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 piece that gets streamed, that's going to go to ground. <laughs> That'll go right oh, to ground. <laughs> you, and you know, people are going to be absolutely. I mean people would protest because you know how important it is to be able to make your Oscar speech. It's a big deal. Yeah, but there's some other there's some other categories. There's some bizarre categories that are done in a separate ceremony. The night before. Um, the yeah, technical they, awards or whatever. The nope. technical awards. And they do yep. them now. Um, they've been moved. I don't know when they are now because they were originally supposed to be in November and they've been moved several times because of the pandemic. But they do all the technical awards and the Lifetime Achievement Award at a separate ceremony. Mm -hmm. Those, some of them, the uh, Lifetime Achievement um, used to be bundled into the show, but they finally cut it out because it was just too long. Yep. That's so amazing to me. That, honest to God. I don't know what they're going to do with movies because move, the last several movies I've seen, I did like Belfast. I thought it was good. But other mm -hmm. than that, man, there's been nothing. And, and that's a, the thing, too, with so many of the movies now arriving for your home library somewhere on, you know, somewhere on the internet streaming, uh, it's 45 days. It's not six months anymore that you're waiting for it to come out in DVD. The only ones that are, are having a longer time because they want to sell DVDs and they want, you know, people to go to the theater are going to be your big tentpole movies like a Marvel film. People are buying yeah. DVDs? Some people do because they like the extras um, that come with it. And some people know that... If um, a title gets yanked for a few years, they still have the DVD. So there are collectors out there. The Criterion Collection, which is kind of like the gold standard for DVDs, that still exists. And so people who are, you know, real film connoisseurs will always buy something from the Criterion Collection. And what is, I'm, I'm, I don't know what that is. What is that? Um, it's um, anything that's in like the Criterion Collection. Like if you, let's just say, because I've watched this one multiple times, I don't own it, but I have rented it in the past. Like the Criterion Collection of All That Jazz has a lot of like extras and they have unseen interviews with say Bob Fosse, uh, okay. um, Roy Scheider and, and so things like that the you wouldn't get edition you for on movies. anywhere else. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it's for a real film connoisseur. It's not for like the average person. Right. It's like, oh, I like <laughs> Spider-Man, that kind of thing. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Well, you know what I'm saying. The person that's going to want to just like sit there and get the deep dive in the lighting right. and the costumes and the, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we have a bunch of DVDs with extras and stuff. And even like with Melissa's favorite movie, she doesn't care about those because they're not part no. of the movie. They don't, they're not part of her childhood experience or whatever, the, the thing that she knows. So she doesn't really care. I think they're kind of, they're interesting in places. Like, I like extras about things that I grew up with because it's, to me, it's like, uh, you know, seeing the making of that kind of stuff. I think that's mm -hmm. interesting. I, I enjoy it, honestly. I still have my full library of Sex and the City DVDs because a lot of times they go and they, they explain why they wrote the script this way or why this character made mm -hmm. the choice. And I find that fascinating. I think you have to be a very specific kind of person to really, really care about that kind of thing though. Yeah. Like, I love I will, documentaries. And that's why I think I like it too. I'm the kind of person who like, I'll go and, you know, look at the physics and the programming behind some of the games I grew up with, because I think that's interesting. It's like, you know, how does Sonic the Hedgehog know how to go around the loop rather than just running into it? But most people are like, who the hell cares? <laughs> right, right, right. But I mean, I even love the I same mean, way, I think. I'm not even a huge sports fan, but give me a good sports documentary and I'm like all over it. 
because um, I love the like the triumph and then like the downfall and then the comeback. I was watching, spent the last two nights watching the Tiger Woods documentary on HBO. I had missed it earlier or late last year. So, and it, it really is gives you like insight on like like how this all played out and why it played out. And, you know, a lot of it goes back to his relationship with his dad. And I was like, Oh wow. Mm -hmm. It gives you just more insight to the person. It is interesting how many sports characters uh, lives fit very neatly into the hero's journey narrative. Doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And and also how we build people up. And this happens in Hollywood too. We build these people up to become like these mythical characters. Mm -hmm, And then once they're at the, at the peak of their career, we go, oh, ready? We're going to knock you off with the yep. flick of a finger and then, you know, the yep. downfall. That's begins. a nice pair of stilts and, you got there, and, bud. And in the hero, it's interesting. You're absolutely right, Andy, because in the hero narrative, there's a resurrection. Mm-hmm. And how exactly. many people who are they heroes, Elvis, yep. Prince, have become more popular, more influential mm-hmm. after their death? Yeah. Oh, that is well, and, you know, in watching the Tiger Woods one, too, because it does not cover his car accident last year and the rise of his son, who's becoming quite the golfer himself. I thought, right. holy cow, there's a whole other chapter here that they haven't tapped. And if they want to add on to it, they absolutely can. We need to take a break. We'll be right back. That final segment with Kristen Burt. We're going to learn even more about how wonderful Hollywood is from <laughs> Kristen Burt right after this. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and loved their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common sense way to sell your home. Visit shift2sell.com because life is expensive enough. And we are back with Stretch's picks. Who's winning this thing? The Kitties, the Pack, the Bears, or the Purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SaberHeating.com. Ladies and gentlemen, remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener's special square, check out this flash sale on the Giza Dream Sheets. It won't be around for long. There are also deep discounts on all other MyPillow products, too. Enter promo code TOM, T-O-M, or call 800-516-5146 for these great radio specials. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. We're rocking out like there's no tomorrow. I was just sent something by a bunch of friends of mine. There's a picture of an unfortunate. Now look, it's posed, so it's not a real picture. But it's this young woman. She appears to be about maybe 25 to 30 years old. She's got her knees tucked up under her chin. She's hugging her knees, and she looks kind of depressed. And it says, Harvard researchers identified a major cause of loneliness, being alone. (laughs) Well, that makes sense. It's from Business Insider. Apparently, uh, if you're alone, you can get lonely. Okay. (laughs) I'm not making it up. Okay. 
Kristen, we have lost our minds as a society. The things that people do and the things that people say, and they right now they will go out of their way to hurt other people. I just I don't get it. I just don't understand it. Yeah, you know, we're in this crossroads, I think. Um, and, and I've been thinking about this a lot. We're at this crossroads of like cancel culture and accountability culture. Yep. And yep. too many people are hooked on cancel culture. And, and there are a few people that should be canceled. I'm not saying that it's, you know, Ooh. I mean, if you do something so horrific and, you know, I'm talking about really, really horrific where there's going to be no lesson right. ever learned. Okay, that's one thing. We can, we can cancel Charles culture. Manson. But. Thank you. Okay, but Charles Manson, we yeah. can cancel him. That's We're about good it. there. Yeah. I don't think anyone on any side of any political spectrum would disagree with that. But when we talk about accountability culture, we have to give people the room to grow and understand and listen and learn because I would like to think that I'm a better person today than I was 10 years ago and have a greater understanding of people and religion and ethnicities and political beliefs. I, I would like to think that. And if I'm not given that opportunity to grow and open my mind and have different perspectives, okay, what's going to happen? You know what I mean? Um, just because someone doesn't believe um, what you think or if they need to be taught racial sensitivity, um, we have to give them that opportunity to grow. If they don't do that beyond that, then that's a situation. But if they say, hey, I'm going to take the time and I'm going to listen and learn, okay. We move forward. No question about it, yeah. Oh, by the way, I, I made a judgment call. He said, I hope I'm a better person. Well, not really, but, you know. <laughs> you're the worst. You're the, you're the worst. Mom is here to remind me every single Tuesday. <laughs> every Tuesday. You know, we want to be able to see that, say that, Chris. We want to be able to say that, Chris. Yes. You yes know, that's exactly. what we want. I know. I have it on my calendar. Tom, Tom's a reminder that you are a bad person. I didn't say that. No, you're just not said, better. It's not better. I mean, you're it's all. Not better, but well, you understand what I, I'm saying here, and I think that we there are many people that are just so hooked on the cancel culture and the doxing of people on social media, right. um, because I I do think that that all of us have been guilty at some point of doing something or saying something out of just not understanding, or at the time there were. Um, our vernacular was not as well developed as it is now and that we used words that we would never use today. So I think that we have to grow and learn and evolve. If you're not growing and evolving and learning, okay, that's a different situation, but we have to give people the room. Well, I mean, when has a lynch mob or an inquisition ever been concerned with the growth of their victims? Yeah, not the it's, truth. It's about projecting power it's not about you know like oh i need to make society better by uh decapitating a bunch of non-believers yeah that's true no, no doubt about they'll, that they'll say that you know I, we have to spread our religion because it's the best religion it's, it's going to save the world it's going to unite the world but most of them are just doing it because they like you know they like feeling power so Kristen. What is the Hollywood word on Joe Rogan? I mean, day after day after day, they come out with more and more things. And the reason I thought of it is because you just said what you just said. Uh, you know, he dropped the big end like 21 times. I didn't hear any of it. I, I don't listen to Joe Rogan, so I don't know anything about it. I don't, I don't either. I, I think, I, I, I'm, I'll i be honest, like Joe Rogan to me, I think we talked a little bit about him last week. I'm like, I just, yeah. just kind of ignore yeah. him because he's just not my, 
cup of tea. Um, yeah, mine either. Um, I think after a lot of this, like, because he did have a lot of misinformation come out of his broadcast when it came to when he had COVID and vaccinations and blah, 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 and all this stuff. Um, but he said, you know, hey, I'm going to be fair and balanced. But I also think that the cancel culture mob also said, okay, we're going to go and dig. Because I think if we dig into broadcasts of anything we've done or social media, if people are looking, they're going to find something. Oh, God, and, yeah. Um, I, I, of course they're going to find something. Now, I do think dropping a racial slur, especially that particular word, is to me really shocking um just because mm-hmm. it's just not a part of my conversation it's not a part of my day-to-day <laughs> it's never it's just never a part of of my conversation at all so i just think like how are you using it if you're using it on air are you using it in your personal life i do ask that um i guess joe rogan you know spotify is standing by him and I, to me it's just a choice you're either going to listen to him or not listen to them. And then right. you can also make the choice to support Spotify or not support Spotify. You know, and he, him being a, him being a, uh, a libertarian, he, he may be just, I don't know the context of his using that word. If he used it in a way which is derogatory to any, any, any group, different story. But that word can be used in certain settings with other people that's mm-hmm. not destructive it's not demeaning and it has nothing to do with racism or anything like that there's actually an interview i don't remember what movie it was but samuel l jackson was being interviewed by a white reporter and the oh white, yeah by jake my yeah the, jake. the reporter says he says the n-word verbatim and samuel jackson's like what n-word what word do you mean say it why don't you say it? And the guy's like, I, I don't, I don't want to say it. I'm not comfortable saying it. He's like, no, just say it. I'm not going to answer your question unless you say it. But the point was basically that I think, like you said, depending on the context, tiptoeing around it can be a little, I think, demeaning. Because it's like, okay, if yeah, I'm quoting something that you said yep. and expect you to get offended by me doing that, I'm kind of treating you like an infant. Which I think is a very valid point. And insulting, too. Yeah, But I want to say, I think in 2022, and I'm just going to talk in, like, the present day here, white people should not be throwing around that word, even in casual conversation. Well, I mean, you know, he might have said it 22 times in however long, but is that really throwing it around if he says it once every thousand episodes or however the hell many episodes he has if he's throwing it around in 2022 on his show i think that i think we've had a big dialogue over the last five to ten years about the racial slur so i I feel like white people should have a better understanding of really the connotations of what it brings up for many people and many in the black community but was a black guest telling them to say it, or were they saying, you know, if a black me guest was telling me to say it, I still wouldn't say it. Nah, I'd but just that's say, the thing. I mean, I don't know. It's like if a black person says, you know, please quote this, and then you say it, and then you are somehow on the hook for how the entire black community feels. It doesn't make any sense. No, Look. but I would just say, I would just say, if they said say this quote, I just go. Blah, 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 racial slur, blah, 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 blah. Like, I wouldn't say the actual racial slur. I'd just say, yeah. insert your racial slur. You know what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah, and well, and, and yet, yet. That's, that's standing by my own beliefs and what I think is right. And that's perfectly fine. I just think that it's, 
I don't know. You can't really... That's another thing about saying that's like, okay, he says the N-word and he's, you know, basically devastating the entire black community. He's devastating all three billion black people or whatever on planet Earth. It's like, is he a god? Do his words have the power of the divine behind them? No, it's just, it's just a word. I just think that Joe Rogan has a very large platform and I think he has got very passionate um, fans Similar to the way Trump is. And I think he has to be careful sometimes in what he says because I do think that he is one of the few um, maybe public figures that really has an influence on people. And I think that maybe that's the important discussion in all of this. Look, I mean, I just follow the words, the immortal words of the sheriff of Rockridge when he said, I'm on the air here. She comes in here. Is that what the sheriff said? Yeah, so the sheriff... The sheriff of Rockridge, when he said, we'll take the blacks and the Chinese, but we don't want the Irish. I thought it was one of the most brilliant. That was a Richard Pryor line. He wrote it. And he didn't. they didn't say blacks and Chinese, by the way. They said both the big N and the big C. But then he finishes, we don't want the Irish, which I thought was very. Now, you have to understand something. The, the big N is just a mispronunciation of the word Negro by Irish farmers. Irish farmers couldn't say Negro. That's where the big N came from. Does everybody know that? No, I did not know that. That's true, yeah. It's a mispronunciation of a word. Um, look, I, there's just no reason to be... You know, when people call me a honky mother effer, I get deeply hurt. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yet, if you're from Mongolia, that's the word you use to describe American black people. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yes, that's the word that oh, is used. Oh, there's a lot of countries, yeah. Because that was the word that was introduced into their language oh, when sure. American black people were introduced into their culture. Yep. And yep. they use a different word for black people from Africa. Because, oh, really? Yeah, because it's a, it's a, they, make, they do make that distinction because there are cultural differences, there's historic differences, God knows, and those are real things. So... In, in, you know, that same culture used, uses swastikas on their clothing because that was their culture before the Nazis took it over. Yep. Oh, yeah. In it's India a, and a lot of uh, Asian countries, they put swastikas all over the place and they think nothing of it. They're like, no, it's our symbol. You can't, you can't tell me that it's a Nazi symbol. We've been using the symbol for 3,000 years. Go yeah. to hell. So. And they are right. I don't know. No, I mean— yeah, I and mean, that's the whole point. Did, did Kristen drop off, or did you just fall asleep? Well, I'm here. I'm listening. I'm just listening. <laughs> well, we don't want the Irish. I thought that's why you, you quieted down. I didn't know you were Irish. I didn't think you were Irish, but, yeah. I, you know, if I offended you. I, but some people might Richard mistake Pratt. you for Irish. That's very true. My family is Scottish, so. Yeah, I mean. Oh, that's Barnard's a I Scottish I can't name. I know the you know. difference. I'm Scott. And my family is basically from... All my family members who have done the uh, have done the twenty three and Me and stuff. I and it's just like white European Mm -hmm. (laughs) and French Canadian. That's it. Do you drink Iron Brew and eat poutine? I don't. (laughs) I love poutine. I don't really. I don't. No, we're trying to get our Canadian citizenship though, because my whole family's in the process of it. What's Iron Brew? It's a Scottish uh, soda. That's, okay, Iron it's, You can basically, you can't get it anywhere except Scotland. Okay. And it's also, they, there's been a big controversy around it lately because uh, I think the UK 
uh, banned sodas that have more than so much sugar in them so that they changed the formula. It's like the new Coke, how everyone got all mad at Coke for the new Coke. There's a new iron brew, which has artificial sweetener in it. So, oh. you, know, you touched our iron brew. We don't like that. Let's see. I thought when you were talking about Iron City beer, which is from Pittsburgh. Nope. That, that, it's, that. Uh, they say it's kind of almost got like a bubblegummy flavor to it. I don't know. I haven't. I mean, I haven't had it since I was in Scotland twenty, however many years ago. So, it was a while. It was a while ago. There's no question about that. But uh, Kristen, being being uh, Scott, have you ever been to Scotland? I haven't yet. It's re- oh, it's on my bucket list. I really want to go. You're going to love it. I'm telling you flat out, you are absolutely going to love it. Oh, good. The one great, the one great thing about it is the first time I got there, I was, you know, God, was it, Andy, 25 it years ago or something like that? Well, yeah, probably 23. 23 years ago? Yeah. Every bar I went into, because you, know, you and I have never met in person, but I'm a bigger person. I, although I've lost an inch and a half in height, which I'm not real happy about, but. I'm down a half no, an inch. I'm only 35, so. No way. Go forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have. I've lost about an inch and a half of height. But So I was a very big person. I was a weightlifter at the time, so I was quite muscular. Every bar I went into in Scotland, in a very friendly manner, not challenging and not mean-spirited, every bar I went into in Scotland, hey, you want to wrestle? I'm like, what? <laughs> Everybody wanted to wrestle me. Mm-hmm. It was really weird. They're good people. <laughs> You, you would love this guy. Yes, absolutely. We the food is terrific. The golf is amazing. The, the just to stand there and look at the Elsa Crag, out in uh, Ayrshire, Scotland. Oh my God, is it beautiful? Robert the Bruce's castle and all that. It's just the history that. Uh, if you ever go to Scotland, you got to go to Turnberry and just uh, you can walk out on a golf course at certain times of day. Not always, but once in a while. But you want to go out there because there are all these monuments to the American and Canadian flyers that were killed in World War II. It's the, one of the most touching things I have ever seen because it was an airport during World War II. Oh, they wow. turned the golf course into an airport. It's one of the most touching. Things. Andy, you love Scotland, didn't you? Yeah. We went, what, like three, four times, three times at least? I only remember going two times. Well, you went two times? I think I went two times. Oh, I think, you know what, I think you're right because we went with, uh, with uh, Nick and Maud. Uh, that was one of the times that Mom mm-hmm. and I went together. And as a matter of fact, Nick's ashes are in the left side bunker on number 17 at Turnberry. That's where his ashes are. Wow, that's <laughs> pretty pretty impressive, if you ask me. But yeah, I, being a Scot, Kristen, you gotta go. You would absolutely love it. Yeah, I, I'm getting like, just the past two years of just kind of not yeah. leaving the United States. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the travel bug big time. So yeah, I miss yeah. Europe. I could see that. And by the way, if you go to the right places, the food is terrific. The people could not be nicer. Ireland, the same thing. The Irish might be some of the nicest people you'd ever want to meet. They're just terrific people. I love that. So get over there, sister. I will, and I like to eat my way through Europe, so that's fine. Oh, God, it's, it's really good. It's really, really good. Although there is a, and my, my grandson saw it for the first time yesterday, I showed up to play golf at a place called... Uh, Oh, God. Was it Western Gales? Yeah, Western Gales. I show up to play golf there, and they said, Sir, we have a problem. And I said, What's the problem? He said, You cannot wear shorts on this golf course. You have to wear long pants. And I said, Well, I'm back at the hotel, and I don't have... Okay, do you have a men's shop? And they said, Yeah, we do have a men's shop. I go in there. 
And I think there was one one sleeve of golf balls and a pack of cigarettes is what mm-hmm. the, the shop was. <laughs> yeah, there's a picture of me. At the time, I weigh about 315 pounds, something like that. And I'm standing there posing for a picture wearing a baby blue kilt, which I wore all day. Picture Uncle Tommy in a kilt. It's particularly a baby blue one. That's even better, isn't it? It's breezy, too, you know? Mm. <laughs> it was breezy. It was very breezy, absolutely. Breezy. You know, it's like, See, wear a skirt now. Oh, God, yes. I'm wearing one as we speak. So there you go. No, I, I'm glad that came up. I'm glad that that, that topic came up because i got to believe everywhere we've ever been, England, Scotland, Ireland, Italy, you get on the list of places we've been, uh, Amsterdam, all People could not be nicer. Everybody got along great. We, we just had a wonderful time. I, I hope we can get back to that again someday where we're not at each other's throats and everybody's complaining about everything and you're horrible because you don't agree with me. I'm getting really tired of that. You must be too, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I am. And, and you know, I, I'm glad that politics isn't the number one topic the way it was maybe two years ago. Yeah. Um, but we're moving into midterm elections. Uh, uh, we are. A lot of that. Yep. So everyone should just comes. write. What if everyone in the country just didn't vote? What would they do? <laughs> Works for me. I Works wonder. for me. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, but I, I just uh, seriously, I am getting so sick of everybody being at each. Because I'd like to remind you again: if you're at somebody else's throat just because they don't agree with you. You were at the throats of their husband, their wife, their son, their daughter, their grandkids. You're going after the whole family when you go after somebody that hard. So I would shut up and take a hit, take a punch for the team. Even if you don't agree with what somebody says, let it go for Christ's sake. Because canceling them or screaming at them is not going to change their mind anyway. So what are you, what are you doing? Does that make any sense to you that people do that? Well, not yeah, to me. I mean... I just think people are like, you're either going to agree with me and we're friends, or if we disagree, uh, we're not going to be friends. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing. Like, you just, uh, it feels like now you can't cross party lines or have friends that are Republicans or have friends that are Democrats or fall in between. It's crazy. You, 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 people have differences in opinion. And, and discourse is how you learn and how you maybe grow and evolve and learn more about things and get away from certain beliefs or hold on to certain beliefs. That's Mm-hmm. You have to have that, and you just you just say, "Oh, you're terrible." That's being closed-minded, and there's nothing good that comes about being closed-minded, right? Or intolerant. Yeah, and it just leads to more discourse, and 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 I feel also that the politicians who are representing us on both sides again, this is an equal opportunity offenders here. Um, Congress gets nothing done; they just talk about. Democrats talk about how bad the Republicans are. Republicans talk about how bad the Democrats are. And I sit here in California and go, well, what about taking care of the country and things that need to get done? There has to be common ground. We've got to be able to move some of these bills forward. It's crazy. Well, they, they, but they don't they don't move them forward because there's all sorts of stuff attached to them. No one could just have a single bill that says, let's improve our nation's energy grid, which is going to be necessary for these electric cars. They know they want to add that. Well, then I need my my I need my overpass done in uh, 
Cleveland. Oh, no, I need my this done. So they have all this other stuff in there, this pork that's in there. They just can't do it individually. Every single individual bill merits. is pork. And it's every bill should, by a law, be required to have one issue. Yep. I don't care if that means you have to read through 40 different bills to get what you want done. I mean, you're already reading through 40 different bills. They're all just stapled together. So what's the difference? Yeah. And, no well, one... and I think that also goes into the amount of influence the lobbying industry has. Uh, there seems to be no limit to how many donations and free trips and things like that that our politicians are influenced by. And I also, I mean, we can get into the whole... Um, a lot of people got very rich off the stock market, being very well aware of what was happening with the pandemic. Um, again, both sides are offenders in that. I don't know why they're allowed to have, you know, all of this exclusive information and then making fortunes off of it. Well, how many, how many politicians go in with a, a, a wealth of X and finish their time in office and come out with a wealth of 10X oh, God, yeah. or 100X or 1,000X? All of them? Literally all of them, X. yeah. Oh, Dad just. Hmm. Well, he dropped off. <laughs> What'd you do to him? <laughs> he dropped off of uh, the tie line, so I tried to call him, and he dropped off of that too. So I'm thinking his internet is probably not working. Oh, that's too bad. But we are, I think, at the end anyway. Uh, yeah, we are. So I think we'll head out for today. All right. We are. Sounds good. Out of here. All right. So we had nice a lively life. discussion. Yeah, we did have a lively discussion. And so nice to talk, always. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we will see everybody tomorrow on The Family. <laughs>